Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, Where Incarnate Memories Prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Imp Nation, we are back. What's happening? Hunter Lewis in the house. What's up? What's up, Hinsky? How are you, man? Man, I'm great. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Hey, I got to share with you a text that I can't tell you who, because I didn't ask her permission yet. But here's what she said about you. He totally brought new life to the imps. He was the pure spirit of an imp. He got it in based on his personality and joy and was the king and made the coronation amazing. Ask him how he reinvented the coronation ball. He was one of those guys who didn't just go through the motions. He made the whole organization better. That's what she said about you, man. Holy, that's- uh, I don't know what she's talking about. You, this interview better be good with a lead up like that, man. Holy, <laughs> okay. God, don't, don't man, mess up. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I can tell you that, but uh, I, I will say that the imps and the imp nation, and I mean, it holds an incredibly special place in my heart um, for many, many reasons. We'll probably get into here shortly. Many of those reasons, as I, I mentioned to you offline here a second ago, I, they might have been laden in tuna. And so there's a great possibility that some of these things I may come back to you and be like, dude, I had this amazing like emotional feel all the way from my hippocampus in me. But um, like I can't put my mind on exactly what that was. But uh, but the feelings are real for sure. Well, well, two things you need to remember. First of all, this podcast is for pure entertainment, and second right. of all, there is no honor code in this interview. So you have an exemption from the honor code. It's just you know, no one's going to remember. You can make stuff up. We're not going to remember. Tom, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I was part of the honor committee uh, during my years at school and. Uh, it's just nice to know that I can, you know, fill in with some things that uh, won't be held to entirely here, just to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you it's okay to lie if it makes you sound more interesting, right? Well, of course. Yeah, you know, that's kind of, I run run my life that way uh, to date pretty much. So, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> where, where are you call? Where am I talking to you from? Where are you sitting right now? Yeah, so I'm in, uh, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm on Ellis Oak Drive. It's a gorgeous, sunny day. It's like, 70 degrees out this morning i was throwing the baseball with my two boys in the front yard none of us are good at baseball uh we a lot of missed catches this morning but i tell you the grass the grass under the feet with the weather and the um we don't have much leaf change down here yet but uh it's just gorgeous down here today and uh i hope it's beautiful where you are where tell me again where you are i'm in westport connecticut now did you grow up there no, 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 no. So I'm from Louisville, Kentucky originally. Uh, went to a K through 12 
school there, loved it, had an amazing family in Kentucky, and uh, um, love them to death, but I ended up in South Carolina. I ended up uh, uh, going to medical school after college and matched, which is a lot like sorority rush, um, if anybody knows what that is, where basically you kind of rank a couple programs where you think you might have a shot, and then they interview you, and then they rank how much they liked you, and somehow I came out with a match. Uh, any match. And um, fortunately, it was in South Carolina. It was in Columbia, actually, where I spent three years doing emergency medicine training. And uh, then they kept me on for a remedial year because I was no good. And we called it an ultrasound fellowship. And so I did emergency ultrasound for a year. And in the, in the couple years of living in Columbia, I got exposure to this place, Charleston, which is down on the coast, as you all know. And it's just, it's beautiful. And so I remember the day that I called my parents and I said, hey, I said, you know, um, some people in Louisville said that I was never going to come back to Kentucky after residency. And I, I always thought that wasn't true, but they got this job down in Charleston. It looks pretty amazing. And I feel bad because I'm abandoning my family. It's, it's the whole nucleus is within like five mile radius from Louisville. And I love everybody. But man, this is pretty cool down here. What would you think about that? And fortunately, my incredibly supportive parents said, you know what? There's a lot of beautiful places to live in this country. She said, go on, live down there. We'll come visit you. And here we are uh, 12 years later, I guess, 12 years later and loving it down here. And they come and visit a bunch and, and I make it back to Kentucky some too. Uh, but it, Charleston's a great spot. If anybody is listening to this podcast, which I bet it's probably two or three people right now um, in total, uh, come down to Charleston and look me up and um, I will show you around because it is a very cool city. Super fun to tour. Hey, I'm sure you've heard this joke, right? So how do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky? Is it Louisville or Louisville? <laughs> I use that with a patient no less than like three weeks ago. And I asked them that and I thought for sure they would know because I think they were even from Kentucky, but it just goes to show you, you know. So uh, yeah, it's Frankfurt, everybody. It's Frankfurt. <laughs> That's awesome. Do that one with your kids tonight at dinner, whoever's listening to this, right? You'll love There's that one. Not, yes. They, and, and my kids have heard it probably too many times. So, uh, they know the answer to that one. But uh, that is a good one. That's a good one. Louisville's a great spot. If you've never been to the Kentucky Derby also, Tom, have you been to the Kentucky Derby? No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. I think the longest run that I had at the Derby was about 13 years. And you want to talk about a great, fun time. Infield or outfield, wherever you go. Uh, we got to get you there, man. We got to get you there. Let's put that on our uh, on our Hinsky Lewis bucket list here in the next couple of years. Done, doing it, doing it. Actually, we get the Imp Nation there. We could get a whole Imp crowd going. That would be really fun. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking, like, it's funny. I've traveled to so many places that I now have met Imps that I didn't know back in the day, or that I didn't know live there. And I right. said, oh, God, if I was coming through. Right. Yeah. Which I would have known and I would have caught up with so-and-so. Right. Or, Hey, you know, so my, my residency in, uh, in Columbia has done this exact thing. So there's, there's some webware software or webpage or whatever, where you can put the locations of the imps on a, um, on a, a, a picture of the nation so that when you're traveling somewhere and you're bebopping into a town, you could be like, Oh, look, there's Linda Bong or, you know, look, there's Elizabeth Beauvais or there's, um, Amanda Wells. Like, you could you could bebop in and just like and sh well like any imp would do right you just freaking show up you just like narc them out figure out where their address is and you're like hey I'm here I haven't seen you in 20 years 
<laughs> so here's what I don't get. Like, so you were, I think you were a psychology major, right? In at, while at UVA. Yes. So wait, I love psychology. But did you know that you were going to go into medicine or were you just nah? Nah, it's a great question. So, so it was strategic, actually. And you could probably, now that I've said it, you can probably figure out what it was. So when I was growing up in Louisville, I had a cousin and a couple of his friends that I really looked up to, really liked them, um, mainly because they had lights and sirens on top of their cars. And I thought, man, that is really cool. It's because they were on the volunteer fire department at, uh, in St. Matthews, Kentucky. And St. Matthews was the, the small little district where I, where I lived outside of downtown Louisville. And, um, and so I thought the minute I turned 18, man, I had to apply to get on that St. Matthews fire department. Because those guys, they, they would leave family dinners like lights and sirens <laughs> going out. And uh, it, I always liked that about my cousin, Mac. And then I, I also really liked, I was kind of a little bit of, uh, like most firefighters, a pyromaniac also. I, I loved fire, loved playing with it, campfires, the whole bit. And I'm trying to instill that in my own children. Too bad that firefighter self had a, a massive ha- house fire at his own house in uh, 2019, which is a separate story. But um, anyway, so I started getting the fire service that led to doing um, Charlottesville volunteer fire company when I was at UVA for two years, met some really cool folks that were counties from Charlottesville. Uh, and um, they just, uh, you know, much like the, they just embraced me. Well, they thought, gosh, you're a college student. And a lot of people would do Albemarle uh, rescue squad, but I was more on the fire side. So I, I, I called around and I, I met this chief um, named Harry Cook, and Harry could not have been more welcoming to me right down there on um, down West Main and take a right, right at that fire station. And they, um, they, they welcomed me, embraced me, and it was, it was an amazing experience, really fun. So I kind of had the fire stuff. And then another experience at UVA that I said that was really cool is as I started thinking about medicine, I had to get my EMT somewhere, right? And I guess that, you know, the Albemarle Rescue Squad fills up fast because it was really popular. And so I thought, well, let me get a county outside of downtown Charlottesville. And so would you know that I ended up taking an EMTB class in Rockfish Gap, Virginia. And it was one of the most incredible experiences because everybody there was from Rockfish Gap or, or very near and made some amazing friends there, one of which was actually a math teacher, female math teacher, um, who I never crossed paths with. She taught some crazy high calculus or, you know, uh, uh, nuclear physics math or something like that. And I was always amazed by that. And and there we were together, me and a professor at UVA were taking, um, me sitting down there on the mannequin, like doing CPR together. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this with a college professor, but here we are together. And she lived in, in Rockfish Gap. Outside of town, she would drive into town every day and had me over to her farm once, actually, and showed me her animals. And um, just a really, uh, one of the, uh, the other amazing experiences at UVA, that you get just a little bit outside of that, uh, of what is traditional grounds and just extend yourself a little bit into, you know, a fire company in, in the way downtown or Rockfish Gap. There's so many other kind of non-traditional opportunities that are out there. Um that that are really cool that are really cool and um i love those parts about my uva experience i can't even remember the question you asked me now <laughs> no, that was it no we're talking about psychology major yeah so oh yeah so psych so you know why did i do psych come on you know what the answer is go ahead i want to say by psych well vice was pretty awesome i i think i took that class i'm pretty sure i did uh so it wasn't vice but it was um it was actually 
One, I couldn't compete against the people that were pre-medical at UVA, right? With the activities that I was doing, with the, uh, we'll call them extracurricular diversions that I was engaging in, there's no way. There's no way I was going to be able to make it in, in physics and in chemistry and organic. It was exquisitely difficult. Did I try? Yes, I did. I did a lot of those classes and I used a lot of those classes for, for the um, kind of pre-med curriculum completion. But there were several that I had to do at another time at another institution, namely the University of Louisville in the summertime after I graduated. And a, a funny story about that. So it's amazing that I became a DOS, right? It's to- totally amazing. It's totally divine. It is not from within me. Uh, it had, probably had to do a little bit of persistence that I, I learned from uh, mom and dad that if you if you bother people enough about not going away, they're eventually going to let you do whatever you want to do, right? But I remember, um, I guess it was probably after my second year summer, there I am, you know, I come home and I'm walking down the street in Kentucky with my mom, Napanee Road. She goes, well, she goes, you know, I haven't asked you, like, how are your grades last semester? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, they were, oh, they were, oh, awesome. They, you know, they were great. They were great. They're great. She goes, oh, that's so great. And I said, yeah, except for one class. And she said, oh, yeah, we were one class. But, well, what, what happened? And I said, well, yes, that chemistry, that chemistry, you know, I, I got, I got a D. And she goes, oh, you got a B? She goes, oh. That's no problem. You know, like you'll make that up with the other psych classes. Your GPA will be fine. I go, no, mom, no. D, D is in dog shit. And she goes, oh. <laughs> she goes, well, I guess, I guess you're not going to do medical school. And then that's when it like, <gasps> like sunk in right there at the stop sign on Napany Road. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I got to do something about this. So that was probably the kick in the pants. Um, there've been plenty of uh, pre-med advisors that had told me that before, like, dude, you're not cut out for this. You need to go do something else. But um, uh, that never bothered me. But when it hit me that like I had done something that was going to be a little bit tough to unravel, that that was harder. And so of course I retook that class at a later date um, and did fine and, and got everything buffed up to where I was able to eventually get into med school uh, and went to the University of Louisville, which is a, another um, fabulous four years lots of fun people but um yeah so I, I did that i did emergency medicine um i did the ultrasound fellowship for a while which was really cool because who doesn't like to have like lights dim down a little bit of warm gel on you, you got the doctor talking to you it's awful. like your prc scores your 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 patient satisfaction scores go through the roof when you pull out the ultrasound machine <laughs> i was gonna say that that sounds more like like a strategy to pick up women than to like... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, i've never gone out with a patient in uh, my life i, I don't know they, Do any of any of our <laughs> listeners like any of you listening to these say wow that's how, the way he said that was like quasi like sexual <laughs> like i don't know if i'm yeah. ever gonna get an ultrasound again and not be like skeeved out by whoever's doing yeah, it. yeah yeah well watch out you know watch out everybody check your gallbladders that's right or you know when you're here visiting me in charleston come on down and i'll check your gallbladder for you I won't use the skinny voice that that's awesome you know and, and the emt thing is like cool my I, I never really knew a whole lot about that my daughter who's 15 she decided she's going to do the training for that right so she's awesome. now yeah. studying for it and she actually there's like a fitness component to it that she has to be able to pick up a, a like a dummy body of 150 pounds or something like that so she's like working out the whole thing but i asked her i go so why are you doing that now realize the imps that know me 
know that like I faint at the side of blood. Like when I have to do my blood test for like my annual physical, I carry yeah. some orange juice just to get all sugared up afterwards because I'm nice. Faint. So she is, she said to me, well, I don't think I want to do anything medical for a living, but I thought I would just rule it out now. And I'm like, rule it out by becoming an EMT. She's like, yeah, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the best way to figure it out. She's, I think that my daughter might belong to you. Mr. Ah. Mr. I'm going to do random things just for fun. <laughs> Check it out. Hey, well, so she's got a hankering. It sounds like that she's not going to want to be dealing with blood and poop and tea in her for a long career. And so I'm going to hand it to her. I think getting involved in the EMT world, she's going to see exactly what she suspects in that she's going to have to take care of people who are wildly unhealthy on a routine basis, you know, multiple pickups at the same site. Cause that's what healthcare is about nowadays. At least a lot of, you know, the ER is used as, um, kind of the, uh, the last drops in the safety net for a lot of American healthcare. And, uh, well, I, I hope she likes it though, because it is, it's so important that we have people that will continue to be interested in it. And, um, it has, it's been a really satisfying career, um, so far I'm on a, I'm on a little bit of a sabbatical right now. I kind of, I kind of pounded the pavement. I worked every other weekend for like 13 years, five overnights a month, you know, back when they say that all that, that, shift schedule work where you're jumping shifts around is, is worse than smoking, you know, camels or marble red, which I believe actually. So I'm kind of thinking to myself now, like, I wonder if there, I shouldn't pivot a little bit and get into something that either draws from my healthcare experience, um, but in a different way, maybe not direct patient care. And so if anybody out there in the information is uh, working on a creative project or is looking for, for somebody that has a little bit of healthcare experience and, and, uh, and a little bit of psychology experience. Uh, let me know because I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely, my creative juices are uh, are wanting to be stimulated because um, I've been doing a whole lot of kind of bread and butter medicine for a long time now. Um, in the same vein, if anybody has any interest about you know learning about emergency medicine in particular, or, or just wants to chat about medicine, or even come shadow me in in an ER on a on a long night, anybody is welcome. So if you got kids or or you just never seen what that looks like. Come on and join me. Um, it, it, I'd be delighted to, to have anybody. So, hey man, I just, we got going on this conversation, but I neglected to ask. So how the hell did you wind up at UVA? No, oh, that's a good question. It was fairly simple, believe it or not. So I had some friends in town uh, in Louisville that had, had gone to UVA and were a couple years into it that raved about it. We had some other uh, friends in town who had graduated from UVA. Of course, the, the physical space, the grounds was, you know, second to none, gorgeous. Um, everybody in my family was crazy about Virginia, the state as well. And so we said, hey, is it, you know, is there a place after reading about these different colleges and universities, is there a place that, that looks like it's standing out to you? Is a place you might want to go visit and look at for an early decision? And I said, oh, my gosh, um, yeah, you know, well, he, he's gone to UVA, and she's there now, and, and he graduated, and he's cool, and got a great reputation. Let's, let's go look at it. And then you know how, what it was from there, right? It's like we got on ground and jaw-dropping um, beauty and amazing people that we met. So it was easy decision. I did early decision for that, and, um, and I was um, incredibly blessed to um, have gotten accepted. So it made my college – the whole college process, very simple. Uh, and boy, was I lucky. And boy, do I feel fortunate to have gone there. Um, 
I remember that uh, for some reason, um, you know, I, I think I probably peaked out in high school as far as academically. Um, and I was being interviewed for um, one of the scholarships that was available at UVA. And I'll never forget, I look back on this now and I'm like, golly, man, you, were the, you must have been just, those people on the other side of the table must have thought this is the biggest bonehead I think we've ever interviewed. But they said, Hunter, they said, you know, for our final question, we just like to ask you um, just, just one more little thing. It's about your, it's about your home city. Real easy one. I'm just going to tee this one up for you right here. It's like T-ball. And uh, I said, so why was it, why do you think it was that Louisville was founded right where it was? And I'm like, inside of my brain thinking, oh my gosh, there's nothing in here. There's nothing going on. I don't even have the first idea, despite the fact that we've gone to the falls of the Ohio in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, looked at the fossils, talked about, you know, how people got stuck there, how they had to set up settlements and everything. Yeah, totally flubbed that one. And I'll never live that down on myself because I'm like, dude, you knew that question. You totally knew that question. The, the answer to that one. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, right? And then you got there. What were you into the first couple of years? Like, what were you like? Were you doing the fraternity thing? What was going on? Yeah, I, so I did the fraternity thing. I did um, rush my first year, which was uh, which was uh, gosh, fairly incredible uh, phenomenon. Um, sure made you feel loved in the beginning, having people come by that didn't know you and say, "Hey, you know, we really like to get to know you." And, blah, 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 blah. and I, I do remember that left an impression on me that um, about how it feels when somebody comes to you that doesn't know you but is kind of just picking your brain and, and genuinely wants to meet you um some of those interactions were probably from friends of mine that had been to uva or at uva that said hey you need to look this guy up when he comes but that was um a really fun time so i did a lot of that in the first year and then just trying to pass on my first year classes and um, i had a great roommate in um eccles dorm i was not an eccles scholar remember those are not those don't go together um but uh I uh, had a lot of fun with him as well. And then kind of going around the, the whole circuit. And, and I'll tell you that um, in doing the, fr the fraternity rush thing, you get to know a, a several groups of guys pretty well in those first couple months. And they're friends that you end up keeping um, as you go through because you shared a lot of things together in the beginning. And so while you may not have gone to some of those other fraternities, you got to know, you know I got to know some of the Pikas and the Psycaps and the SAEs, um, even though I didn't pledge their fraternity, but kept like pretty long friendships with those people as well. I mean, where else in life have we been immersed in um, a situation where you have so many touches with so many amazing, amazingly talented, creative, incredible people? And then, and then you get down to the, the imp society, which is like a sub segment of that with this injection of enthusiasm in it that I honestly, um, it, it's almost unparalleled, the enthusiasm that you see out of the imps. And the, um, the other thing that, that really strikes me about the imps is that the, the ego is left at the door. You know, like there's just, there's just no ego in the imp society and the taking yourself too seriously, it's just, it's, um, if you do that, it's, you're not, you're not in the society. It's just, not there and that and and leaving that at the door and not having that just enables you to have what i think are deeper uh relationships deeper friendships with with a group of people that are just i, I remember sitting there at our meeting 
and looking around and knowing just a little bit about um, everyone in the room and thinking, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm surrounded by this. How did I get in here? And um, it sure is special. And I, I feel incredibly thankful and blessed um, to have ever been a, a part of the Imps. But it, boy, what a fun, uh, I guess it was two, two years plus, you know, actually, I'm talking a lot here, but um, you got you want to jump in right now? You all right? No, no, no. Keep going. Good. All right. So uh, <laughs> uh, I got to do, I got to have a, an amazing two years. I think I got in in like 96. I graduated in 98 um, and uh, just had a complete ball, of course. And then as I was applying uh, to residency programs, I had made um, plenty of friends at UVA that I was looking forward to coming back and visiting, you know, whenever I could. And um uh, so I thought, hey, I might as well do a rotation at UVA Hospital. And so that enabled me to come back and come hang with the imps during that month that I was here for that as well um, with, um, you know, super friends that were still here. Cole Kelly, Kate Baylor, Cordy Page, Cabell Vest was still around, Phil Gates, of course, just amazing, amazing people that everybody should know, honestly. And so that was that was fun to kind of the double dip and then i felt like i triple dipped because i came back for like the hundredth coronation party i guess or the hundredth anniversary at men gym that was like mind-blowing were you here for that no 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 it wasn't and i want to talk to you about that because you got pretty active with that coronation stuff when you were in it right that's what so, they, were, they were telling yeah me. So I, I was a bit of um like kind of nerded out on history a little bit and so i started um weeding back through some of the historical uh I guess uh, artifacts that the the imps had from as far back as I could find, and um, tried to bring some of that flavor back into um, the society during my my king year with um, Amy uh, Mitchell Griffin, my queen, and um, Joe, I think the Joker was uh, was Josh Mancini. Josh, if you're listening, man, look me up. I haven't talked to you in way too long. Um, it was Liz Jewell with. Um, Cavill was instrumental. He was he was nerding out with me on the on the history stuff as well. We put together a really cool invitation that kind of spoke to a lot of those historical elements, uh, and I think we tried to recreate um, as close as we could what went on in the earliest days of our society. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, I did not have a hand in the hundredth celebration at Nemgym that absolutely blew my socks off. I felt like I was at a Cirque du Soleil, uh, uh, Cirque du Soleil uh, performance in Vegas. It was, it just so far exceeded my expectations. And so anybody that was involved with that 100th, um, my hat is uh, completely tipped to you for eternity because I had such an amazing time uh, at, at that. It was just, in, just awestruck by how, how well done that was. Uh, I think we should do that again, at least once every 10 years. Um, so people that were involved in that, if you could like call in to Tom and, and just say that you're in for now, that'd be great. It just, it just to organize it. And, and my, and my buddy, Macy Lennox, formerly Macy Hale, she keeps telling me that she's going to be the hostess with the mostest with the imp thing. So, so Macy, I know you're listening and don't think I'm not going to hold you accountable to that because we got a pot eight. We got a pot. <laughs> Outstanding. I love it. Macy, you're on. Cool. So then, okay. At what point um, during your uh, tenure with the Imps, 
Um, did you like start to think about, okay, what am I going to do next? Yeah. So, uh, next as in what, uh, as in what's coming after. Coming yeah. 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 Or, like, you know, like the real world. Right. Yeah. So, so we knew, so <laughs> from what I've told you so far, you can probably surmise that I had some buffing to do of my CV and my resume. And so I knew that, um, I was going to return to Kentucky and probably take some classes that summer maybe, maybe many classes <laughs> that summer in order to get that comp- that part in line. I worked as a, um, this is kind of funny. I, I worked for the summer as a professional firefighter, professional, uh, the term only that I was paid, not that I was actually really good at it, but, um, they, uh, so they put me on a truck for the summer uh, on a fire engine and I got to kind of hang with the cool dudes that, you know, the volunteer versus the paid staff in county and small city, fire departments, you know, the real, the real dudes and dudettes are the, um, are the ones that are paid and not just volunteer. So I got to hang out with a, with a fire company, uh, for that summer. And it actually stuck me in the, um, they stuck me in the office because the, I guess the administrative assistant at the time and left and they're like, we're going to teach you how to like pay bills and do this stuff. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, as long as I still get to ride the fire truck, you know, and so instead of, um, doing maintenance on stuff, which I would have actually loved to have done because um, I have a love for mechanics, but I was in there, you know, banging away on the computer and they, and they seemed to be pretty happy with that. And I still got to go to lunch with all the cool guys and girls, but, uh, so yeah, I just waited. And then believe it or not, so I wasn't ready to go to med school the year after college because I was having to buff things up, but there I was, I was sitting in that you know, office in St. Matthews, Kentucky, looking out the window. And my mom called um, the, the administrative assistant line and she said, uh, there's a letter here for you and you got to get home. And I was like, hey, chief, like I got to go home, look like something from University of Louisville. And I ran home and I opened it and we said, hey, um, you're in off the wait list. So get ready for August. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what, you know, wasn't I, I was full well not thinking I was going to be getting to medical school in August of that year. And so it was kind of like a little bit of panic hit me. Um, but I got, I got it all together. And then, um, I studied Tom, this is, I studied so hard for that first anatomy exam because I wasn't convinced myself that I was going to be able to get through medical school. Right. I was like, I didn't, I really didn't have the faith in myself. And so I had to prove it to myself that I could stay in. I did not want to fail out on like the black Monday, which is the big weed out. And so I studied the muscles of the back more than probably anything else I had studied in my entire life. Like I knew the muscles of the back up, down, left, right, diagonal this way and that way, got an A on the test. And from then on out, I knew I wasn't going to fail out of medical school. And so my fervor for studying tapered maybe a little bit, but got through no problem. Um, had a blast, met a lot of great friends through that experience. And kind of um, unlike a lot of people probably listening to the podcast, the other two people, um, you know, you jump into a, you jump into a hole if you want to become, uh, you know, a physician and it's a little sad because here, you know, you hear about your buddies that went up to, up to New York and they're on wall street and they're like, yeah, we're working hard in the daytime and we're having fun on the weekends. And, or maybe you, you know, it's all these different careers. Nothing was quite like jumping in the attorneys, right? They go, yeah, they're in law school, and they, but they're still having a good time. Like medicine, man, you just disappear off the face of the freaking planet for four years. If you don't like the people that are in your class, you're in trouble. I mean, you're in trouble because unfortunately I had some great people in my med school class, but 
no trouble because it's all you do. You eat and sleep and study. And um, it's a little pathetic, but it's, uh, it just is what it is. I, I don't know that it'll change any in the future. Looking back, was it, was it the right thing to do for me at the time? Yeah, it was. But um, you definitely give up a lot by going to medical school. Residency is a blast, though. I think residency is a lot more um, similar probably to those first years after college. Um, yeah, you're working long hours, but everybody's having a good time. And you're finally learning what you want to learn, right? I mean, med school, you're like having to learn all this very esoteric stuff that you will not use much in your clinical practice. But residency, it's, very, it's like on-the-job training. It's very, very practical and fun. So, so yeah, I can't remember where we... So then you did you did that stop in med school. There was another academic stop in there too, right? Didn't you so I did med I did med school, then residency you, in you Columbia. Did some, you did some business school stuff too, didn't you? Oh yeah. So um so about four years into I was a managing partner of my emergency medicine practice here in Charleston for a total of seven years. And about four years in, um, it's really cool. So the hospital system that I work for is called um Roper St. Francis Healthcare. And for a long time, um, it was started by a group of docs back in like 1879 on Christmas Eve. And they all put the money together uh, um, from a fellow named Colonel Roper, whose son had passed away in England. And he wanted to kind of found a hospital after his son who was studying medicine in England that died. I can't remember what he died from, but they put the money together in order to found this hospital, Roper Hospital. And ever since then, that, that little collection of docs that started it out called the Medical Society of South Carolina. And up until, up until about three years ago, January 1st, the Medical Society, which was, ne- which was now, had grown to a very large collection of docs, um, owned 63% of that health system, which was a big health system. I mean, we had six, uh, you know, four or five, six hospitals a bunch of ERs, a huge number of outpatient clinics. And um, having that ownership and having that agency and kind of the direction of the health system has been really fun. Uh, There's only a couple health systems out there where the docs still own a majority of the health system. Now, about three years ago, um, things were getting shaky with books and we did have to yield um, our majority ownership to a new partner, which is... uh, uh, Bon Secours Mercy, uh, which everybody's probably familiar with, with Mercy. And so we're now kind of 49-51, but still have the same amount of governance in that. So it's a long story to tell you how I, I got my MBA. But about four years in, um, there was another fellow named um, uh, Rick McAvoy who's interested in getting a business degree as well, because we recognize that, look, in order to run a practice of 34 docs and 17 PAs, um, growing every day, you know, you needed to be facile in the business world too, uh, for people to take you seriously around a boardroom table. So the medical society actually sponsored the two of us. He was a pathologist and a graduate of the Citadel um, here in town. And uh, he said, hey, Hunter, you know what? Like we've taken this American Academy of Physician Leadership set of classes together that Roper St. Francis offered us. We went through that program together along with a bunch of other docs. And, um, and that program said, okay, you can finish an MBA at uh, MIT. You can finish it at um, UC, one of the California business schools, or at Carnegie, and there's one other one. Um, and you can do that, and these credits will transfer, so you only have this many credits left for your MBA out of those. But it was pretty expensive to go to those schools. I mean, it was, it was really expensive, actually. And um, the Citadel right here down the street from where I live 
uh, Rick called him up and said, Hey, you know, we got a couple docs that are interested in getting an MBA. What would y'all think about that? Like, would you make us take the GMAT or would you recognize these credits we have? And they, um, they said, Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. We would love to have you. We will not make you take the GMAT and come on, you know, like, and yeah, we'll give you some credit for this other stuff you've done already because there's courses in our curriculum that we're going to hit the topics in that anyway. So he and I were the um, first two from Roper St. Francis, sponsored by the Medical Society. They went through that program. And man, we it was awesome. We had a blast. Um, some of it was online. Some of it was in person. And um, I loved, it was a general business degree. A lot of docs nowadays will go for an executive uh, um, kind of healthcare MBA, which um I really wasn't super interested in that because I wanted to kind of keep my options open for, for, you know, future decades of career. And so I finished that uh, maybe about a year and a half or two years ago. And I just loved it. I loved every part of that education because I felt like I had enough work experience so far to where everything was incredibly relevant. It was very leadership based as the, um, as the Citadel is learned a ton of great soft skills through that. Um, one of my most favorite things in psychology to talk about, and I could, I could talk about it for days, is emotional intelligence and, and how important um, EQ is, or EI, in, um, in your own success. And so I would, I would also tell anybody on this, that's listening right now, all two of you, that if you, um, if you don't know what emotional intelligence is or, or, or don't know a lot about it, pick up any of Daniel Goldman's um, books. It is life-changing um, in it's something that can be learned. You're not born with it. It's not like IQ. Uh, EQ is something you can you can actually practice and get better at. And you'll be amazed um, um, how much more successful your own interactions with people are. Um, and I just love it. I just absolutely am fascinated by it. It's probably because my my psychology nerdy self um, likes that stuff. But um, it's just really cool. And I feel like honestly, you know, the the EQ stuff was not around when when we were imps at UVA, you know, like it hadn't really been labeled. Yeah. But you know, but I feel like, I, I kind of feel like um, the EQ would be pretty high of the average. Yeah. Imp. Right. That's exactly what I was getting at is I think that, that, that the imps honestly had a very high EQ already, even though we didn't exactly know what it was because they were selfless. They were um, inviting, they were open um, to listening to other people's ideas, which, what made the, the whole thing so cool. IQ, not so much. EQ, pretty high. Oh, yeah, definitely not here. Definitely not on the IQ. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so then um, tell me about like family situation. What's going on now with that? Oh, man. So I've got a beautiful, wonderful wife, Megan. Uh, our first child was a German short hair pointer named Scout. She's 12 now. She's getting a little gray around the muzzle, which um, makes us all sad because we love her so much. And I got two kids. Um, at age seven and nine, and I got to tell you, if you have kids, seven and nine to have two boys is awesome. All they want to do is play with you, which is another reason why I'm kind of taking this sabbatical right now. I full well recognize that that between four and 14, man, that is a sweet spot to be with your kids, is what people tell me. And so I thought to myself, you know, why don't you just hang out with your kids right now? They're so much fun. They're so cool. All they want to do is play outside. This last weekend, we went, I got this crazy, crazy love of four-wheel drive vehicles and like slow technical off-roading and going camping in the woods and cooking out over um, campfires and stuff. And so this last weekend, we, uh, I took a 1976 Toyota Land Cruiser, the Jeepy looking one, 
that I don't know. I bought it broken in Myrtle Beach like 10 years ago and slowly been getting it nursed back to health. And I have another truck. I have a 1995 um, Land Rover Discovery that is really my off-road truck. I mean, that one's always ready to go, except for this trip. So we were supposed to leave on Friday morning. And Thursday night, I go to move it, and the dang starter went out. And, you know, they don't have parts on the shelf usually for, for Land Rovers because, they're you know, it's my Land dumpster, right? So I call up the one place in town that I thought might have one. They're like, oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, we've got one. So I drive out there like 8 o'clock. Megan's like, make sure you're back so you can read the boys before they go to bed. I'm like, I know, I know. So I get the starter, bring it back. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go install this thing after I put the kids down because we're leaving the next morning. And she said, why don't you just put that, why don't you just put it tomorrow? I'm like, oh my gosh, you're the best. Thank you so much. Like, I really did not want to do it in the dark tonight <laughs> anyway. So I get down there, I get the old one off the next morning. Dang starter does not uh, fit. And I'm like, of course. So then I'm like, well, Megan, I guess, I guess we're going to go camping like without a four-wheel truck, even though we're going to a, an off-road park. I guess we're just going to go, we'll just go camp. And she goes, well, what about the, what about the 46-year-old man cruiser? And I'm like, you've got no doors. It's got no top. And I'm like, what's a three and a half hour drive? And she's like, so? And I'm like, you rock. All right, we're doing it. So we took that dang thing all the way up there. It went up there, wheeled its brains out, almost flipped it once and drove it back without a glitch toyota quality is unbelievable i would if we'd taken the rock crawler land rover it would have been broken down 15 times on the way in on the way back but um boys had had it in myrtle beach how far are you from myrtle beach not far like two hours two hours north of here you go do you go to crazy zacks (laughs) i try to stay out of myrtle beach not that i hope that doesn't offend anybody but uh myrtle beach is a whole lot of uh a whole lot of there's a real touristy in Myrtle, in most yeah. parts of Myrtle. No, Beach. that's There's some we, beautiful. We used to go for Beach Week there. I remember. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh. Now you know why I and 46 don't go up there. But uh, exactly because you got all the yahoos um, going there for Beach Week. Okay, I'm I'm gonna tease the Chris Havlicek episode when it eventually happens. We got to ask him about his performance at Myrtle Beach when he was triathlon man. Okay, I'm just going to there. Triathlon man, anyone who was in, uh, in during the years of Chris, you know what I'm talking about. We'll have Chris talk about triathlon man. Maybe we'll do his episode live from Myrtle Beach with you. And we can- I re- love it, let's do it. We can reenact it, we can reenact I've it. heard a ton about Havlicek. I don't think I've ever met him uh, and would love to, that sounds awesome. So, okay, cool. So, and then the kids, what are they into? They, are you, so, and they play soccer or are you doing bad parenting and not getting it done? No, no, no. Oh. So uh, the one thing we're not doing, which Megan and I agreed on uh, years ago was like, do we want to like, it seems like sports nowadays have changed from do a little bit of everything when I was growing up to like, you're going to pick one thing when you're age two and you're going to travel all over the Southeast in order to compete. And uh, both of us thought, you know, like, I don't know, like, obviously we didn't want to have to go travel around all over the place and use all, you know, when I was working every other weekend for a long time, like I did not want to use the one weekend I had like traveling somewhere else. So we've, um, we have embraced a lot of rec leagues. They, they love baseball. They love flag football. Um, they are doing a lot of sailing. So it, I'm kind of jealous actually. So the last, they go, they have sailing practice, um, for three hours on Mondays and if you look back at the historical weather in Charleston for the last like six or seven Mondays, it has been gorgeous every single Monday from three to six. And so when I go pick them up down there, I'm like, man, 
these kids have no idea how awesome this is, but they love sailing. And, and I mean, how cool to be sailing at seven and nine in the Charleston Harbor. It's pretty uh, amazing. Pretty amazing. And uh, give me some good UVA stories. Can you remember anything? Come on. Oh my good. gosh. Give me something. Let's just say, I, all right. So we talked about this a little bit. They're like, I have all of these, like you, you give me any of these names that so I put a note card together today and just thinking about people and, Thank you to all the people that's on this note card um, for for giving me the experience that you gave me. I mean, holy cow! The, like the emotional connection that I have to the time spent with the people that are on—it's actually two sides of the note card, and it's written about like you know tiny font. But um, uh, I, I, it's tough for me to remember like individual things. One thing I, I do remember doing a lot at UVA and this is I'm telling on myself here a little bit and I'm sure it was illegal and super frowned on now but like you know late night streaking down the lawn turning that turn around Homer looking at him and thinking I gotta get back up there fast before somebody grabs my stuff like the most exciting thrilling um, liberating feeling that there you are just everything swinging going as fast as you can I mean I'd probably never run faster, honestly. Probably never run faster. But that was uh, that was that was awesome. Um, so many, so many fun parties. And I mean, how much fun was it when when some of the older and some of the fossils would come back and like join in the fun, and they just fell right in the line because of that mentality around an imp that we talked about earlier. You know, it's just like I mean, you and I would never. I've never. I've never seen you on. You know, a couple things before we never chatted before, but like already, I'm like, man, that's somebody that I really like, and it's uh, it's just so cool that there's that that thread, um, whatever it is that uh, kind of runs through um, the people in the group. And I, I will say, and you probably noticed this too, that there are plenty of people at UVA that I thought also would make great temps, but they were only they were only so, you know, you couldn't have everybody be in it. Um, but there were there are a lot more out there, and so it's not like we're this, you know crazy exclusive tiny little group that you know you're not in it and not in it but i'm sure you can think of other people that would have made remember how many imps did we have at any given time i don't remember that do you man per class i want to say like per class somewhere between 8 and 15 but i don't ever remember there being like 40 at a meeting either so maybe it was less than that maybe it was more like six to eight and I, i do remember that some meetings were like okay guys wait a minute here like we're getting a little thin around here. They just graduated that class and I have to think about that a little bit. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if there was ever a hard and fast target. Yeah, if any of the imps are listening and you know the answer to that, then kind of come at me with that. I'll put it in the, the newsletter, the email newsletter. Okay, For cool. sure. And so uh, anything else, graduation, then any fun stories we should know about or any fun stories we shouldn't know about that I might have to cut out of here, but it might be fun. Man. Come on, give me uh, one. Golly, graduation. I know I had a very, had a very typical uh, graduation um, with the, you know, I had, some, I had some wonderful things happen to me at graduation that I can't get into, but uh, that um, just, just, just cemented my love of UVA um, and, uh, and to this day, like just I have such fond memories. I'm sorry. I don't have more specifics around that, but it, I had, you know, as you could tell, I had a lot of, of pockets of friends, um, during my time at UVA I had, you know, my fraternity buddies, I had my hey, fire buddy. You never, you never told us what fraternity you were in. I was a St. A. 
to Anthony Hall. Oh, it's, that's so funny. We just had Crotty on. Crotty was in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Crotty was ahead of me. So I, we, we didn't overlap, but he, uh, I, I definitely um, had, had seen some uh, footprints of Crotty within the fraternity uh, in the past for sure. Man, but that, it was that, fun because fraternity had a pretty low bar letting the two of you guys in. My oh goodness. my gosh, very low. Very was, it, incredibly was it just low. like one of those sign up, like everyone gets a trophy type of thing? Yeah, they had pizza and they had beers at um at the next door to the the Murray Washette. So it was like, yeah, just sign here. <laughs> <laughs> the Murray Washette. What was the name of that pizza joint that was right next to the Murray Washette? I don't know. Was it famous Chinellos? No, gosh. Somebody on the podcast knows the name of that. Well, I ate a lot of pizza and beers there and pictures of beer. Um, where was that? Nah, I can't remember, but it was a great one. Somebody else, somebody else text me if you, uh, if you so remember what the name is. Is that how you chose your fraternity? That it was uh, within eating distance of the uh, oh, yeah. place? That was, that was the... Absolutely. That was closer to Beta, actually. Wasn't the Beta house over there? I think it was. And do, I wonder if there are any in Betas. Do we ever have any of those? Uh, no, I was, I was clear across um grounds but uh we i just remember going over there a lot for for rush i don't even know if it's still there like i was telling you earlier i, I gotta make it back to charlottesville um we should you know another thing i was thinking today um in preparation for this is that it sounds like some of you smart imps have been getting together maybe on like some casual zoom meetings um was it like a group from the from 80s that had been doing uh, that or seven. It, it was Ross Wiener. Ross like hooked it up during the pandemic. And awesome. then it wound up being, I felt like it was like people who were four years before me and yeah. maybe like 10 years up to 10 years. Nah, probably like eight years ahead of me. Like that got was it. Kind of like the demographic. But yeah, like, you know, I, I got to figure this out, how we kind of move this to you know, imp 2.0, right? It'd be cool. It'd be very cool. I mean, I mean, there's so many people that I, that I thought of this morning where shame on me for falling down the rabbit hole in Madison that I just, I just completely have not kept in touch at all, but um, would love to see what they're up to, you know? And if, um, and, you know, I got, I got a list of people here. Maybe well, we we'll hear, you know, we'll do, we'll put your stuff bring them on the podcast. You know, we'll put your stuff yeah. in the show notes and then that's how that rocks out and people will catch up with you. That's Fantastic. great. Oh man, that would be so great. Well, all right, so, so, great. so I got some questions for you. So tell me about Bodo's. <laughs> so Bodo's, Bodo's, I, so um, I used to eat Chinese out of the trash can in my fraternity house. Like, you know, you could smell it come in and then like some guys would be like, oh yeah, oh, I got a, you know, sesame chicken down here with broccoli. And, and then you kind of hear them, then you, Hear him go into the hallway and kind of toss it in the trash can. If I, hey, you done with that? Like that sounds pretty good. So all that's to say that anytime with the bodos, my usual bodos was like an everything bagel with turkey, cheddar cheese, lettuce, mayo, and bacon. I can taste it right now. But because I would really eat anything, even Chinese out of the trash, I uh, I'd eat anything at bodos. Bodos, there wouldn't. I mean, was there anything bad at bodos? Honestly. No, no, no. Especially no. we were all hungover when we were going. So it was, yeah, you know, no, very true. Very true. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and when was your last trip down to Charlottesville? Oh my gosh. It's been way too long. Um, it's been north of, I think when I went down to Charlottesville last it was probably for Ernest Mead's uh, funeral and celebration. 
is when I was down there. So that's been a while. Um, shame on me, shame on me, but just been, um, you know, just, just <laughs> wiping away. The kids are now old enough to where it's time to take them and show them around and, um, and show them about the stomping grounds. Although at seven and nine, I'm sure they'll be like, okay, dad, you know, okay, man, let's go camping. Cool. And your, your message for imp nation, either current imps or past imps, man, uh, gosh, older I get. And this seems so, uh, so old school and hackneyed, right. Is just, uh, be kind to everybody, you know, older I get, the more I'm like, if everybody just be kind to each other and just and keep that same imp spirit of, um, listen first and, uh, and, and stick yourself in the other person's shoes as you listen. Um, that's the secret sauce right there. That's awesome. That's a great one to end on. Hunter, you are. Thanks, man. Right Thanks, man. Tom, I can't thank you enough for putting all these together. I mean, this is, uh, it, takes, it takes the spark in order to create the fire, and uh, you've done it. And so thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to put these together. And thanks to anybody that's listening right now. I think we're down to one now, actually. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to me. Anytime you're near, call me up. We'll have a beer. All right, Imp Nation. It was great catching up with you all. Tune in next time for my next episode. Until then, be impish. See you later, folks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pinsky. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense. C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.